hello, hello. How y'all doing? We might have the most litty intro music. I don't know what it is. About some 8-bit. Take I, me back to Mario I, and Shining Force. I like it, man. I do like it, You ever it played too. Shining Force? Uh, Dude, had some bangers for music. Shining Force? Sega. Yeah, you're probably too young. I know about Sega, but I don't, I don't know about that. Well, yeah. You know Sonic, but... Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're mainstream Sega. Do you know anything else Sega related? No, Not I can already tell. Not off the top. That's the only other one I know. I'm going to be honest. If start naming stuff, I might be able to figure it out. But anyways... What it do, everybody? We are back at another episode of Backcourt Violation. The NBA season is upon us. And today, we're talking about conferences, where everybody's going to finish. We are just trying to figure out exactly what's going on with the Eastern Conference right now. So, Kobe, if you don't mind, give me a top six. Okay. The Eastern Conference. And I will tell you if I disagree. Well, I will remind you. Last year, the way the season ended, Bucks number one, Celtics numero dos, 76ers third, Cavs fourth, Knicks fifth, Nets sixth. Mm-hmm. So, my top six. We got the Bucks, mm-hmm. Celtics. Mm-hmm. No change there. Numero three, mm-hmm. Cleveland. It's like they are just another year older, another year more mature. Between Garland, Evan Mobley, even Donovan Mitchell, like I just feel like there's they've got uh, a lot of good things going. They've kept the core of their crew, uh, which I do like, and so I think the Cavs number three. Uh, no discrepancy so far. I will take everybody's darling. It feels like at this point, the New York Knickerbockers at number four. Because um, we all love Jalen Bronson. That's pretty much it. It's just everyone loves Jalen, which I'm on the train. I don't. Uh, I like Jalen, too. I like a good underdog story. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me the Knicks at number four. Um, I kind of cheated here. Number five, I've got 76ers slash Heat now. Granted, I made this list before Drew was traded. Um, so that's why I had slash Heat, and I was like, if they don't get Drew, then they get the Heat get bumped down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go 76ers here because I do think they've got enough with Maxi and Embiid uh, and Tobias Harris, which nobody remembers plays basketball. Mm-hmm. And then number six, Kaka! The hockeys. All right. The top six. I agree with everything you you said until you get to number five and number six here because I just got questions. Now, you you slot in the 76ers. What is going to happen with James Harden? That's the key. We don't know at the time of his recording what is going on with James Harden. He did finally show the training camp. He has not played in the preseason, but he did practice. Will he play? Will he play hard if he does? How does that work? What do they get for him? What is the market for him right now? There's not much of a market. He's just all over the place, right? So there's my thing with the 76ers. The Hawks, I'm a little bit more confident in. So I, on my list, would bump the Hawks up to that fifth spot, possibly. I love the confidence that you have in the Hawks, but we've been Hawks fans I long know. enough to know. I know. It's not going to happen. I know. But I love the depth. Look, I, I love the Hawks. I think that... The Hawks this year, after going to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago and having a chance to go to the finals, honestly, like honestly, Trey Young doesn't twist his ankle. Maybe they can beat the Bucks. There's we don't know. Right. They've had two terrible years to follow that up. Completely like terrible. Quinn Snyder now having a full offseason and a full training camp with this team and everything that they've done. 
which isn't really much. They just kind of gave John Collins away for a penny and a nickel. Yes. Um, but maybe everybody's pissed off enough that they can make a run and maybe they end up in the fifth seed. But my only other thing to this list, and then we can talk about it a little bit more, is if the 76ers fall down, I think the Pacers are the guys to look at to be in that top six. Maybe it's, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I was listening to Fred Katz, doing a podcast, producing a podcast with him. I was listening to him talk, and I kind of felt like he may have persuaded me into thinking that the Pacers might be a little bit more serious than we can give them credit for right now. I think that with all their young guys growing up just a little bit, one more year under their belt, and Tyrese Halliburton, this is not a fluke. He can really hoop. Miles um, Turner being there and not talking about being traded all the time, right? I think that it could happen. I'm not on that train. No, not at no. all. Period. No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, their entire team is in trade rumors every week. <laughs> not every not, well, week. Well, okay, okay. I, I guess I kind of forgot about the Buddy Hield uh, trade request too. But what of, of a player like Buddy Hield probably get back some decent, you know. Something for him. You think so? Yeah. And whether even that's just picks, I know that's like for the future, but you know, what if what if somebody emerges and then there's a, a Buddy Hill trade that really propels the the uh Pacers up? You know, like they just made that trade, they got Tyrese Halliburton, like that was a big deal for them. They got off of uh Sabonis with that, and then everybody else that they got around there, they could they could they could shoot up. I don't know. They could, I just feel like they're a fun team, they're a young team, they they could surprise some people and get into the top six. This is really early in in the preseason here to be thinking that, but like, why not them? You know? Yeah, I just don't know that I I just don't know that I trust anyone outside of their top like two ish players, right? Depending on what happens with uh, Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. you know, I just I don't I don't know that you know I outside of Tyrese Halliburton and uh, Miles Turner. I, I don't know that I can name in any other players other than uh, it's not who is it? Who's the Smith I'm thinking of? Not Jamari Jabari Smith. It's another Smith whose name is. You mean me. Aaron Elude. Neesmith? No, another one that eludes me. Anyways, oh. um, yeah, I mean, if I was gonna vault anybody, and we can kind of get into this now. So the play-in teams, I've got the Magic, the Heatles, the Pacers, and then the, either the Bulls or the Raptors, whichever mm-hmm. one of them kind of jump in. Uh, leaning more towards the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if anybody can jump up, it's probably the Heat. Yeah. Um, you know, just, they always surprise people. Yeah, well, and but well, the problem is they always surprise people. Their, their regular season is always a trash can, right? Like right. they end up just not playing well because they've got injuries and they've got an older crew. And so, you know, I think um, you know, I think the Heat is a, is a team that could potentially vault up there. But what do you think, Magic? You got any problem with that, Magic, in there? See, that's the thing is like these teams, I feel like everybody is going to be a little bit better. Uh, I love to see Paolo this year. Um, and Franz yeah. and his brother Mo. Bo- both of them, two and a half of them, <laughs> are really, really good. And uh, I don't know, man. Like, hmm. The Heat, like, you never can predict the Heat. What if they come out? Like, they, they lost a lot of pieces. They didn't get Damian Lillard, they had Jimmy Butler with the hair. Um, the sad butler, <laughs> emo butler. Um, but are they going to come out and just be like the same old, same old? And 
just surprise people and decide, hey, we actually want to play through this regular season a little bit harder and uh, because they know they're going to need to, right, to get a little bit higher into the to the playoffs. It's, 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 it's a little bit harder to to predict here. Yeah, well, I think the issue becomes is they lost two kind of cornerstones in Max Struess and mm-hmm. Gabe Vincent. Um, Big you know, guys, or like Stephen would say, household name. Right, there you <laughs> go. Um, you know, Struess going to the Cavs, and then obviously um, – just had a total brain lapse. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent going, going to the to Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> yes, I, kept, I had the Lakers part, and my brain just could not put it together for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, I think losing those two, I mean, again, like the Heat will just probably ride the wave and then surprise people in the playoffs, or they'll get swept in the play – or, like, they'll get kicked out of the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. And beat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, because, I mean, it took some, like, legit crazy Jimmy Butler games and those two play-in games in order to even get them to the playoffs. But then, obviously, you see what happened when they got there. So – um. No, I mean, I think for the most part, the Eastern Conference, it's, I mean, you could probably lock in the top five or six. Uh, and then, you know, the play-in, it's just kind of a bit of a crapshoot. I mean, you know, the uh, probably the Raptors are not going to be any good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the Pistons are not going to be any good. Um, you know that, you know, you've got to, the Hornets aren't going to be any good. So I think that leaves legitimately the rest of them to, be in the play-in tournament. My, so. my one team I think that you left off, I think you should give more respect, is the Nets, though. I was looking at it again and again and again. You mentioned them earlier. The Nets, uh, I know in our last pod we talked about Ben Simmons a little bit in a joking fashion. I don't know what Ben Simmons is going to be. I can't even speak on that. But Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, the rest of those young guys up there, um, they're not – garbage i just feel like they come out and just put a little bit of talent together be able to hit some shots like why wouldn't they be able to get at least to the play in so they could they could be in the spot of really like where the magic could be because maybe the magic don't make a big jump this year but um maybe they could be in like 9 10 you know pushing pushing for eight the nets but uh that's kind of just my my, yeah. my one thing yeah i mean i uh, again i think the magic just have a little bit more you know, between Jalen Suggs, the two Wagners. Um, you got Jingle and Joe that's there. Cole Anthony, Ben Caro. Like, I just think they've got probably more that I would trust than the Nets. Right. You know, with the uh, – again, I, I'm a big Mikael Bridges fan. I just – if he takes another step, you know, they could possibly slide into the play-in because you never know what you're going to get with the Bulls, even though they've got a pretty good, you know, core. You just never know what you're going to get. So, yeah, I mean, I struggled with the Nets and not really know where to, pl- where to place them um, because they could blow it up, right, as well. Mm-hmm. They could just want to get, you know, draft capital back for a Mikael Bridges or maybe a Ben Simmons and trade them to contenders and get, you know, some picks back, although it seems like the contenders are losing more and more picks that they have to give. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I who would you take out then? If you were going to slide the Nets in, who are you going to take out? The Bulls? Surely not. I feel like the one that I'd have the least amount of faith in is the Magic, to be honest with you. As good as everything that we're saying right now with Paolo and, and Franz and stuff like that, like even even Marco Fultz being a player for them, um, Cole Anthony, I just don't know if they can put it together. And um, they just might not be there yet. But it just depends. I mean, Bancuro's coming off of World Cup. USA themselves didn't do very well in the World Cup, but... You know how it is. Every time 
uh, players go play internationally, play in, in the Olympics or the World Cups or whatever it is, they come back to the NBA season and they have such a an amazing year. Dating all the way back, you see like Kobe used to do it, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, even the younger guys like um, you know th- that just went and came back. They always were better. Donovan Mitchell, even a couple years ago, coming off his World Cup like 2019, I think it was. Um, and then you saw what he did in the bubble. Um, so <sighs> I say all that, and I'm just not sure that the Magic can put it together. I just I feel like I put the Nets in there, and then for me, it'd probably be um, them over the Magic. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one because, again, <laughs> I have zero faith in the Nets. Again, they just, to me, they have the makings of, again, blowing it up if things aren't going very well. Again, yeah. Ben Simmons gets melancholy again, and... Yeah. Um, you know, Mikael Bridges is able to fetch a pretty penny. Um, I think that, you know, I think there's more chance of them to just kind of call it quits in the middle of the season versus the yeah. Magic because they're not really going to give any I, of those. I, young, I can agree with that. Those young pieces away. Yeah. All right. Well, on to the Western Conference. All right. So here, um, can I'm, I interrupt? Yeah. Go ahead. Who do you think is going to be the most interesting East team to watch? Because I think it's going to be the Wizards. I think Jordan Poole and Kuzma. It'd be so much fun to watch. Just watch the Wizards actually blow up everything we just said and be the one that just put it all together. They were the one team I didn't mention because they're just the they make zero sense. I just I don't really know what to make of the Wizards. So I just and one street ball. That's exactly right. It's just going to be dudes having fun playing ball. They're going to sign the professor soon. <laughs> Bring back Ray for Alston. Yes. Yes. As a coach. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. That'd be kind of cool. Um, so top six of the Western Conference. You can go ahead and say what you have written down. I'll tell you if I agree or disagree once again. Okay, to jog your memory there's the Nugs, Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, the Clips, and the Warriors. Top six, and then Lakers, Wolves, Thunder, and Pelicans rounded it out. So I've got <coughs> Nuggets, Warriors. Suns, Clips, Lakers, Kings. Any objections? I'm sure you do because I'm a homer. I actually, you think the Lakers would be like the fifth seed? I Yes, I think they'll end up playing the Clippers in the same backyard. I think the Lakers are going to be the number one or two seed, actually. Oh, I can't even. Talk dirty to me. I cannot even hate this year. I really cannot. I'm, I came into the season looking at everything the Lakers did this year and they made some moves and Austin Reeves is older and maybe we can get LeBron and AD to be like fully healthy and be, you know, LeBron take a back seat, AD take over all the bigs they signed, all the wings they signed. They just look amazing to me. And I just don't know why they would be lower in the standings. So that's my first discrepancy. Um, Golden State probably take the four seed, and I think the Clippers would probably be uh, toward the sixth or fifth spot. So you've got Nugs, Lakers, Suns, mm-hmm. Golden State, Clippers, mm-hmm. and then Kings. No, you don't feel good about the Kings. The Kings won too. Okay, I I I think the Kings are really good. We saw what they did. They almost beat the Warriors. Took them to seven. All that good stuff. I get it. They're only going to get better. I get it promise you I do but I feel like there's no way that Kyrie and the Mavs are gonna have a season like they had last year and I know people are really high on the Thunder 
my gosh, Andrew Slick, high on the thunder. He's also telling people, chill out a little bit on expectations. But I'm one of those people that that can't chill. <laughs> I feel like the thunder, <laughs> they could be good. I don't know. Maybe they end up still like in the, in the seventh spot or eighth spot and, and maybe even the, the Mavs too. But um, And I even hate to see say this too, the Grizzlies. You got the Grizzlies way down at the bottom. I know we haven't said that yet, but you got the Grizzlies. They're not in the top six. Also tough to try to keep them out. Yes, John Morant won't be there for 25 games. Whenever John Morant has missed in the past two seasons, they've been fine. No, they don't have Tyus Jones. Yes, they have Marcus Smart, who is much better than Tyus Jones, who has been a starting point guard for the Boston Celtics over the past like four or five years, who has been a very consistent guy. You know he's going to play defense. And our in our last pod, I'm pretty sure our last pod, we're talking about Tony Allen um, comparisons with Marcus Smart. But it, guess what? Marcus uh, Smart can shoot, and Tony Allen could never do that. So him coming in and running it uh, with everything they got going on, Jared, Jared Jackson coming back, um, Desmond Bain, they got rid of Dylan Brooks, which, to be honest with you, they could have just threw a team of me, you, our buddy Tanner and and whoever and just said you don't have to play with Dylan Brooks and we probably could go win just as many games. You know, no hate to Dylan Brooks, but all the hate Dylan Brooks. So this the West is way harder than the East to me because there's so much going on. Look, this wasn't easy. Um, I think the we could go with the latter part first. I think the problem is is the gap. Like Marcus Smart's not gonna win you games. Like he's not going to win you games like John Morant's going to win you games. Right. And so I don't agree with that. I don't, I think when it's crunch time and when it's close, like there's just going to be games where John Morant can win you that. And there may be some games, but the percentage, like the chances are lower. I know what you're saying because John Morant is like the guy up there. But like I said, when they, when he has missed games and he was suspended a bit last year and he's had times where he was just injured. They slotted in Tyus Jones. And you know, because in our fantasy league, whenever John Morant was gone and somebody had Tyus Jones, they were winning. So if Tyus Jones can slot in and they still not miss a beat or at sometimes played better, you know, like they would be arguing, are the Grizzlies better? You turn on ESPN and are the Grizzlies better without John Morant? You saw that headline all the time, which, yes, it happens to a lot of superstars when they miss time and they still do good, but... If, if that can happen with Tyus Jones, who is a serviceable backup point guard in our league, why wouldn't that still happen or be even better with Marcus Smart, who is a starter-level point guard and has done it and been to the finals even in the past couple years? Like I think you just said it. Tyus Jones knows his role and plays his role extremely well. Marcus Smart also knows his role. But it's not the same role. Why is it not the same role? Because they don't do the same things. What? What? Why? I don't know that... I'm trying to figure out a way to to expound on my thought, which is Tyus Jones came in and knew that he was going to be like servicing like in between the, the John Morant stuff. And like he knew that his role was to facilitate and get other guys involved. And like he would take open shots and whatnot like... That's not Marcus Smart's game. Like Marcus Smart's game is not to facilitate and get other guys involved. Yes, it is. From the standpoint of, like, with him being the number one guy versus Tyus Jones being the number seven guy. But Marcus Smart's not coming into this team to be the number one guy, even in John Morant's absence. So Jared Jackson and Desmond Bain are still the number one guy. You think so? And Marcus Smart's heart? 
Yes. You think so? He's not a selfish that's, player. That's the only thing that he's he's never come out and even when he played with, with Jason and Jalen Brown, when he played with the Jason and Celtics, he wasn't just out here pulling. He wasn't out here being Dylan Brooks. That was the issue, like with Dylan Brooks. Because he became the point guard, they gave him the ball and they said, pass the ball. And that started even not this past season, but the year before, even with Ime Doka being the coach of the Celtics, he was like, We gotta find a way to move ball and move the ball and who was the first person that was echoing Ime? It was Marcus Smart, and he was the ball mover. And I think that he knows exactly what his role is coming here to be the ball mover for this team, be the ball stopper on defense. Like, there's, he's literally perfect and was made in a lab for the Memphis Grizzlies and their entire identity. So I, I just don't think, that they're going to fall off that far. Like, you got them at the very bottom of of our list here. That's insane to me. That's because that's a big chunk of the season to be missing your star player. I get it, but they have other guys, and they've missed – I mean, like – We saw the Lakers go through this exact thing last year. But the, the Lakers, that's that's a whole different thing. It's like, I don't even know why you're making that comparison. Though. Because of the – because not having your star player or players in there, you know, either Anthony Davis or LeBron, like – that's a, I mean, you're you're talking about 15 to 16 points a game of a spread versus Marcus Smart and John Morant, and I just don't know. I, I think 25 games is too many games to be able to like, like they may sneak into the, maybe the fifth or sixth last, seed. But last I, year, John Morant played 61 games. So did Marcus Smart. But I'm t- we're talking about like what the Grizzlies were able to do without him. And what did you say they finished last year? They were in second. Yep. You see what I mean? Yeah. That's that's 20 games, 20, 21 games right there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's four fair. more games. That's what I'm saying. So, like, why why would that drop off when you have an upgrade even over your backup point guard last year? Because even when John Morant comes back, is if Marcus Smart, if they want to start him still, they might be a little bit small, but they could still start him at the two. I can give you that answer. I was prepared for this question. Because I think when you talk about last year, John Morant was in and out. Right, like he would play, and then he'd get an injury, and then be out like a week or two, and then he'd play, and then he'd get. It. With that, you don't necessarily have to worry about chemistry, right? You, like when he comes back, things are back to the way they were. This is going to be the first twenty-five games of the season where they are not going to play together, and so just like it did with you know, let's talk about the Heat, right? Like when they brought all those superstars in, that took some time for them to be able to get that chemistry and play together. And I think it's going to be the same thing whenever John Morant comes back and introducing John Morant back into the lineup, right? And playing and figure out who takes shots when and who brings the ball up and whatnot. Like, I just think it's going to take time. And I think you're talking about half of the season before they really get to that point. And by then, it it may, I don't want to say too late in the sense of they'll make the play in. Um, I just don't know if it'll be too late to make get into the top six, right? Yeah. So that's my, that's the ultimately, I just think the time that it's going to take for them to be able to get to the point. If we're talking about this next year and this is all behind us, then they're easily in the top three or four. Yeah. But I think the amount of time that it's going to take this year for them to in- introduce, because that's another alpha male. Like it's not somebody who's kind of a second fiddle or is willing to play a second fiddle. And when I say that, I mean more so like from a personality perspective. And so. You talking about Marcus Smart? Yeah. Have you ever watched Marcus Smart play? From a personality perspective. Right? Yeah. Whose team is this? It's Joss. Was it Marcus Smart's team in Boston? You know this. No. Yes, it was. No. That's the reason why everybody is so down on the Celtics is because they lost the heart of their team. Yeah, okay, the heart of their team. Was it not the same thing? Did That's, I use the wrong adjective? 
Yeah, it's not the it's not the same thing as like being the man. Like it's what you're saying. Like they're gonna be fighting over shots and stuff when he comes back and trying to figure out who who brings the ball down the court. Marcus Smart wasn't even a point guard for like the first eight years of his career. Well, that's fair. Jeff Teague was a very serviceable point guard. Jeff Teague, no, (laughs) come on, man. He played with Kyrie. He played with Isaiah Thomas. Thomas, Like, and there's never been a time where the people were like, now, do we question his shot selection at times? Sure, but we've never been like. Like, once again, Dylan Brooks out here shooting one for 15. 15. Like, you're not that guy. You're like the fourth best guy on this team, and you're shooting the ball 15 times. That's not going to happen with Marcus Smart. Again, I think when he when Ja comes back, there is going to be an adjustment on, I know it's nuanced, but again, who dominates the ball bringing up? Because I don't know that, I mean, Ja Moran is not Steph off the ball, right? No, he's not. And that's exactly why Ja Moran, they'll have the ball in Ja's hands, and they're still practicing together, like, He'll he'll let they'll allow him to practice. We're talking about practice, not a game. <laughs> We're talking about practice. He can you practice. know this. This that is not a real thing. Oh my goodness you gracious! You know this. Come You've on. seen enough players come in and like the adjustment that needs to be made. And playing in games is where those adjustments are made, right? Because you can't scenario and scheme everything that's going to happen throughout the course of a game. All right. So, look, I don't, if we're talking about this next year, again, this is not an argument, but I think it's just going to take a lot of time to build that chemistry. And I just think the time is not going to be on their side. They're going to get to the all-star break. And I feel like they're again, maybe going to be 500 or a little bit above. Now, when Jaw gets back and they get into that fold, they may break off like a 20 and four run after the all-star break. Right. And so that is total like that, that can totally happen. And I'm not blind to that. I just, when it happens is really going to be the telltale sign. Again, I could totally whiff on this and I understand that. And I'm willing to take the heat. Uh huh. All right. Well, we can agree to disagree, I guess, on this one. But let's wrap it up by just kind of recapping where we got. I don't think we talked about the playing teams for the West. Look, we talked enough about them because we <laughs> talked about all of them, how they basically should be in the top six. But there's just not enough spots. There's not enough spots. That's so, what I struggled with. And looking at the at the uh, the top six, I was like, I just don't know who I take out. Who exactly. do I take out for the Mavs? Like, I don't you, disagree. I just don't know who I take out. It may be the Kings, but so that's the only one. The, the Kings are the sub. That's what I said. Let's let's go ahead and recap. Start. We'll start again here with the Western Conference. Give me your top six and give me your play-in. Is it exactly how you've gotten it here, or do you have anything else that you would like to add or subtract? What What do you got? Well, now you got me thinking. I should swap the Grizzlies for the Kings. Now I'm. Go ahead. Tell me. This is this is the one that's. Nope. Gonna count. I'm gonna stick with it. This I'm, is the one that's gonna count. I'm gonna plant my stake in the ground. He I'm said, "Take that for that." Nuggets, Golden State. Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Kings, and then Mavs, Pelicans, Thunder, Grizz. Okay. Now let me remember what I said earlier. I said the Nuggets, Lakers, Suns, Suns Golden, Golden State, State, Clippers, mm, Grizzlies. See, now I'm changing it because <laughs> I done talked myself into it. This is crazy. This is disrespectful that we didn't have them earlier. And then in my play, and I'll have the Mavs, the Thunder, the Pelicans, not the Mavs, I'm sorry, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Thunder, the Pelicans. This <laughs> is like deciding to eat somewhere. Just ah, I, this is mind. tough. I thought I wanted the to Mavs, the Kings, the Thunder, and then the Pelicans. There we go. There you go. Yeah, and then in the Eastern Conference, Real same quick. thing. Real quick, what? No love for the Wolves because I didn't give any. You forgot about the Wolves, I know. Totally forgot about the Wolves. Edwards, I wanted to talk about Jack. Anthony Edwards. I, know. I wanted to talk about Anthony Edwards, but no. No. Okay. No. 
They, they don't fit here. They were another actually, one I struggled with. Actually, actually, I would take the Timberwolves over the Pelicans. I would. I would. Right now, I don't blame you just because of the uncertainty yep. with the Pelicans. There you go. You never know. All right. So let's let's sub the Pelicans for the Wolves, okay. and that's my final change on the Western Conference. Got it. Okay. In the Eastern Conference. I'm still good. I feel good about my East side. So I will go Bucks, Celtics, Cleveland. Actually, I'll go Bucks, Celtics, Knicks, Cleveland. Hawks, Pacers. And for the play-in. So 7 through 10 here. I know. I will have the Heat and the Sixers at 7 and 8. And the Bulls. And uh, Magic, 9-10. I was going to say Raptors. I was going to put the Magic all the way out. I really was. But yeah, but you, you kind of talked me into it. Pacers. I am a little high on the paper. paper. Not on high the on the paper, papers. obviously. I'm not high on the papers. <laughs> I don't do Ooh. that. Um, high on the Pacers. But it's just like I said. It's because I was listening to the podcast and... My guy, I don't know. Fred Catch kind of talked me into it. He was, he kind of talked me into it. Yeah, I am again, low, lower, much lower on the Pacers. So we'll agree to disagree. It's fine. It's way too early. And these aren't going to matter anyways. We're going to be wrong. <laughs> I guess they won't. But anyways, those are our really early predictions here. The season is almost upon us. Thank you guys for joining us again. Um, check us out on Instagram at Backcourt Violation and on Twitter or X whatever you want to call it, at Over and Back Pod. Um, if you want to hear more NBA action besides us at Backcourt Violation, go check us out at, well, I say us, but go check out the Athletic NBA show wherever you get your podcasts. They got podcasts all week long. Check them out. I'm over there producing. You'll have a blast. All right, so thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. 